fans, we made it. We made it through the regular season. All right? Look. I didn't think I was going to make it. It had its ups and downs. It was a winding journey. It was a real roller coaster. Uh, But with that said, Indiana has put themselves in a place where they're in the NCAA tournament. They are going to be, at worst, it seems like a five seed in March Madness. And now Indiana goes into the Big Ten tournament without too much stress on their shoulders. Now, of course, there's a big carrot at the end of the stick. IU has never won the Big Ten tournament. You obviously want to play your best basketball going into March Madness, but we get some we get some time to sit back and soak in what we saw over the course of the last few months. Indiana has a double bye for the first time since 2016. We're going to recap a crazy senior night win preview the Hoosiers in the Big Ten Tournament, and so much more here on episode 288 of the Hoosiers Sound, where we're the official podcast of Indiana HQ. We bring you this episode of the Hoosiers Sound on Monday, March 6, 2023, where I'm your host, Nathan Christian. Here with me tonight are my normal co-hosts, Matt Lukens and Charlie Mason. Charlie, you were there in person at that crazy senior night game yesterday. Michigan uh sorry indiana got out to a great start took a double digit lead michigan came back and took a double digit lead the game went to overtime it came down to the final second what were your one or two main takeaways from iu knocking off michigan in overtime on sunday night well i'm gonna say it and uh trace jackson davis said it in the post game um uh, in the media room this was the most perfect representation of Indiana season in one game. It was an emotional roller coaster for people watching, uh, but more importantly for the players. Um, this is one of the only games in the past couple um, that we've seen Mike Woodson rotate uh, the way that he did. Uh, we saw a lot of people come off the bench and perform, which we haven't seen um, in a couple games, um, which was good. It was good to see if you're an IU fan going into – Going into the Big Ten tournament, it's nice to see Tamar Bates hit the most clutch shot of his career against Michigan um, when IU needed it most. Um, it was also nice to see Miller Cobb with a little confidence um, being a, you know, a, a game changer uh, down the stretch. Um, and it was incredible to watch Race Thompson, who came out of nowhere, uh, out the floodgates, playing out of his mind. I've never seen Race Thompson play with this confidence or intensity. Is I think the word I tweeted out. Uh, this intensity. He uh, he talked about it in the post game press conference. How um, when he got the ball and scored for the first time that night, he looked at coach and said, "I'm going to keep scoring," um, and he did. And uh, even though down the line, he couldn't hit his free throws. Um, he made some clutch plays to get IU in the position that they ended up uh, being at the end of the game, which was a uh, victory. So, Yeah, it was Race Thompson's first uh, – I'm sorry, it's his most points in a game since Elon in late December, his first double-digit rebounding game since Kennesaw State at the end of December. He was key to IU's win. Trace Jackson Davis was awesome with 27 points. Uh, nine rebounds, six assists, two steals, two blocks, business as usual for my Big Ten player of the year. Matt, look, Indiana had a lot of twists and turns in that game, but at the end of the day, they were able to pull it off. I mean, what did you see? Race was big. Tamar Bates was key. Michigan needed that game, and Indiana came away with the win. 
Michigan absolutely needed that game. Nathan and I were in a heated playback room um, <laughs> watching the game, which made it even more intense, I think, because, again, Michigan desperately needed to win one of those games that they both lost. Like, I, Michigan lost two one-possession games, or two – I guess yeah. the Illinois game was a two-possession game at the end for, because of some free throws, but two extremely close games on the overtime, overtime games oh. last week to basically kick them out of the tournament. Um, unless they go on to the championship game of the Big Ten tournament this week, which we will talk about Big Ten tournament here in a bit. Um, but I'm not gonna lie to you. I Tamar seeing Tamar Bates getting plaudits for this game makes sense when you look at the box score. Um, and you remember the two big shots at the end. But my God, Tamar and Miller Cop were trying to lose that game for about 35 minutes. Um, I'm not even gonna lie to you. Uh, Miller just was a no show. I mean, Jet Howard was guarding him, which should just be automatically ten points to the other team because Jet just doesn't play defense. Um, for Michigan, and then uh, Tamar, just so many dumb, just young basketball decisions. Like they're they're not bad necessarily but in the context of who him taking it and also be like either time and and clock or or you know depending on on game clock management or whatever it was like for the little like minute details they were bad decisions all around um or he just was didn't clutch it up so for instance you know that put back he definitely should have just <laughs> laid up with his with his right hand and sure. try to do something funky with it and didn't work or a pull up turnaround two pointer fading away bank shot that he took with like 14 seconds left on the shot clock um you know just tomorrow base yeah. decisions and then he hits two big ones right in the, in the final five minutes and plays by the way excellent defense on somebody kobe buffkin who's probably michigan's best player um definitely i don't think there's an argument and, and just one person's opinion i think buffkin is michigan's best player i mean it's him or hunter, hunter dickinson and and buffkin at the very least is their biggest game changer um at the very least he's the guy that moves the needle for them if they're going to win the yeah. game and he was he was cooking for the first 35 minutes of that game and tomorrow took i guess took it personal it was his assignment yeah, and took it personal and played great defense down the end. So I can see why you would vote for Tamar for the most impactful player in that game. But I think my hat has to go in the ring for Race Thompson. Um, sure. uh, senior night, he shows up as a guy who has underperformed all year long um, as stats-wise. I thought he's you know probably played some of his better basketball just as a, from a team perspective this year, even while being hurt. Yeah. Uh, and he shows up on senior night and, and puts on a show. Yep. I thought he was Indiana's clear second best player. I didn't think Jalen Huchfino had his best game, no. um, even though he had some clutch shots on the end too. Huge three at the um, end. Huge three <laughs> in regulation. Needed all of those points, right? But I think <laughs> race race was race almost played himself off the list by missing four free throws. <sighs> But Man. he also came up with multiple defensive plays to create those free throws. Sure. So at the end of the day, you kind of just you know it is what it is. Um, but I mean, look, that finally we have a healthy race Thompson. I'm not saying that just because he had a good game, but I'm saying that because he looked yes, proactive instead absolutely. of reactive. Um, and he's looked reactive for most of the year, basically due to his his own physical ailments. Yeah. Um, and 
I this break for the Big Ten and, and getting that extra day of rest cannot come at a better time for this team. Beating Michigan, getting the third seed. I would have liked the second seed, but you know, Rutgers can't do anything well <laughs> for the conference ever. Um, you know, IU getting that, that extra buy, extra day of rest is so vitally important to this team. It really is really massive. Uh, they, this is a team that looked gas and Charlie pointed out, this is, this is the first time you've seen Mike Woodson rotate the way in which he did this game. And that has to be almost entirely <laughs> due to the fact that this team is gassed, right? Huh. Trace Jackson Davis has been playing 40 minutes a game for 20 big 10 games, right? Basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he played 44 yesterday and he played 44 yesterday. <laughs> like this team needs a break, needs a vacation. All right, it's it's March, it's winning time, but it's also, you know, the end of the season. Everybody's injured. Everybody has has a, a stubbed toe. You know, it's it's like everybody's playing at ninety five percent at best, um, and, and the Hoosiers are playing probably well below that, given the fact that they all of them have been playing heavy minutes, especially Trace and Jalen Hutchfino. Um, so it was no surprise to me that Jalen Hutchfino had not a great game. You know, in back-to-back games against Iowa and and uh, Michigan, Michigan at yeah. home, and yet the Hoosiers still found a way to beat a team that was absolutely desperate yeah. to yeah. win that game. Um, and that's got to be props to one race Thompson for stepping up and filling up a hole, filling that hole, and two Mike Woodson for yeah. for getting this team ready, especially after him not really getting the team ready against yeah. Iowa. Well, and he used some bad words after that Iowa game. And you had a feeling Indiana would be more prepared, more ready to go, and you saw you get off to a good start. I'm going to focus more on Tamari Bates' defense. I know he's the most polarizing player we've seen at Indiana since probably Devontae Green. Uh, I don't definitely don't think anyone more recent than that. Uh, I'm going to focus on the defense here. Kobe Bufkin didn't hit a shot over the last 16 minutes of the game. And Bates had, that was the primary assignment. He was closing out and he was making Bufkin uncomfortable. And when you have a game like this and where Trey Galloway gets into foul trouble or Jalen Hitchafino gets into foul trouble, it's clear. The next man up is Tamar Bates. We don't have Xavier Johnson anymore. That's not in discussion. Tamar Bates is the next man up. If one of these guards get into foul trouble, Bates will get pushed up to 20 plus minutes. And Indiana is going to have to rely on him to either make some shots or play some good defense. That's just the way it's going to be with Tamar Bates. I love the way Race Thompson played, and I thought it was so fitting that in in a game where Michigan had their back against the wall, Michigan was desperate to get a win for the NCAA tournament. It was Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson who led Indiana to sort of a, a culture win. I mean, this is kind of a culture win for IU, where yep. Michigan had a double-digit lead with nine minutes and change left, and it was the two seniors who were bullied by Michigan early in their career. Michigan won nine in a row against Indiana, the last eight of which came by double digits. That ended, of course, last year in the Big Ten tournament. Indiana needed trace and race. The two guys that Michigan owned, the two guys in the program under Archie Miller, where Indiana was wrecked by the Michigan Wolverines. And it was those two players that really stepped up and elevated their game and made key shots and grabbed big rebounds. You know, the, the the shoe was on the other foot last year in the Big Ten tournament. Indiana had their back against the wall. And Michigan could have ended IU season 
as long as they held on to a massive lead against the Hoosiers in the Big Ten tournament. And Indiana fought back, and they won that game. And they beat Illinois, and they almost beat Iowa, and they made the NCAA tournament. They carried that momentum into the offseason. Malik Renew committed to Indiana after the season ended. Who knows where Renew would have gone and if Indiana ended up in the NIT. Look, Michigan. Georgia. Sweet Georgia. (laughs) And Michigan needed that yesterday. And they had a double-digit lead with 9.15 to go. And Indiana, especially Trace and Ray, said, no, it's not happening tonight. You will not win this game, and you will be forced to win the Big Ten tournament and at least make the final of the Big Ten tournament to make March Madness. And I look back, and I see not even two years ago, Mike Woodson was with the Knicks, and Archie Miller was at Indiana. And over the time since... Woodson has established a culture of winning and doing what it takes to increase that level of competition and intensity. It's not always perfect. It's not always sexy. Okay. You can look back at Tuesday night. You can look back at the Michigan state game in East Lansing, obviously the bumps and the bruises Indiana hit in early January, but the level of intensity, the level of preparation and focus and doing what it takes to win In a year where you had injuries and you had a really tough Big Ten schedule, I'm tipping my cap to Mike Woodson. I thought that was a really big culture win for IU. IU didn't need that game. Obviously, senior night, you would have liked to get a win. No question about it. Michigan needed that game. Michigan held a big lead, and Indiana fought back to get a win. It was nerve-wracking. You know, Ray Thompson, I would have liked to see those free throws. But, you know, Charlie, I'm going to ask you this. You know, when you look at the 75-73 win for Indiana on Sunday, did you did you, were you more impressed by Indiana's offensive execution through Trace and Race, or did you like the improvements they made on the defensive end after a horrible showing against Iowa? Well, I think that it was a mixture of both, honestly, that I that I liked. I appreciated um, how quickly IU got out to that offensive that offensive burst in the first five, 10, 15 minutes. Um but like, yeah, there's both sides of the story for both the offense and the defensive effort. Um, both wavered, uh, especially right before that second half. I don't, I don't know what I was. I didn't know what I was watching. It was so hard to watch. Uh, <laughs> there was no, there's no defense, uh, and there's no offense. Um, and that kind of bled into the beginning of the second half. Uh, I think they went on. I think, uh, I think they went on like a 15, 14, two run or something like that yeah, um, from yes. first half to the second half. Um, it was just tough to watch, but I think I appreciated the defensive effort um, in the second half of the second half, um, just being able to close out the game. And obviously, uh, Michigan wasn't hitting their shots. Uh, they, they took a couple. They just didn't fall like they were in the first half. Uh, but I think that credit goes to, to IU's defense for really locking it down. Um, that was one of the things that was the focus of the tweets. It wasn't, oh my gosh, like TJD had a huge poster. It was, oh my gosh, like uh, there's this lockdown defense on the floor. The communication's incredible. You're playing a high man to man and nobody's penetrating the post. It was incredible to watch. So, yeah, there were ebbs and flows to both sides of the court. Matt, Indiana's had some crazy swings in each of their games recently, except for the Iowa one. You know, at Purdue, it was a bad start, big second half. At Michigan State, it was a good start and a bad second half. Is there any way Indiana's going to get a consistent 40 minutes, or is this who they are and you just ride the roller coaster? College basketball is a game of runs. 
Okay. And Indiana lives and dies by those runs. Do you like it or not? I think Michigan had a 33 to nine run in the middle of that game. It sounds about right. Yeah. It and, was crazy. And IU survived that and ended up winning by four. Okay. So by two. Uh by two, two. Sorry, by two, by two, by two, by two, by two, by two, by two. I ended up winning by two. Should have won by four. Race Thompson made his damn free throws. But yeah. one by two, right? That's impressive. What's more impressive to me about that game, though, is is Indiana didn't play well, still won. Yeah. Michigan is a tournament team that doesn't have a tournament resume. I think uh, <laughs> Ant brought that up yeah. last night. Ant right. Ant right. Shut yeah. up. Ant right. Um, brought that up to me. They 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 have every makings of a tournament team. They have two NBA guys on the team, plus Hunter Dickinson. Uh, you know they have they have wings. They have shooters. They have young guards. Lottery pick. They have lottery pick. They, they, probably, they might have two, honestly, depending on Kobe Buffkin's workouts. Um, and they're not going to make the tournament, right? Because they have a loss at home to Central Michigan, and they have a loss. Well, they couldn't clutch up close games. Yeah, they can't. Indiana was part of them not clutching up two close games. Yeah. And, and Ann Arbor and then, and then here. Indiana beat them. And swept them, a Michigan team that you know in the last ten years, Indiana struggled against. Just horrible. Um, and, and we're sitting here on March the sixth, talking about how Michigan's not going to make the tournament, and Indiana's going to be a four seed, right? Yeah. And so again, Indiana can sit there, and you can you can nitpick all you want and talk about them not playing a forty forty minute game. Trust me, it's frustrating. I was losing my mind yesterday. <laughs> But you weren't the only year, one, I promise. I yeah. know, I know, yeah. I know. You were muting the, to stop yourself the, from saying things. The, um, <laughs> and I'm sure most people, you know, the, across the, Future Nation the were mentions, doing the same thing. The mentions were incredible. There's no question. Yeah, 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 exactly. I, I, I can say that people were upset after Indiana blows like a 14-point lead Yeah, uh, at half, right? And, and it's a one-possession game. Like, it should never have been the case. Um. This team is never going to put 40 minutes together. But in a year in college basketball where everybody is extremely mid, yeah, you don't have to put 40 minutes. That's together. how I see it. You don't have to put 40 minutes together. You got to put a five-minute run at the end of the game to close it out. You can be down 15. You, you can ask Iowa. You can, be, you can be down 13 with a minute and a half left, and you can still win a game. Like – yeah. This that's this year in college basketball. There is not one super good team. People will try to tell you it's Houston. I I don't. Uh, buy it. I'm I, I I'm not quite sure. I don't you know. I you, they'll try to tell you it's Purdue. We've seen how that turns out. They try to tell you it's Arizona, and they look pretty good against IU, and then they go and lose to Utah. UCLA, college basketball. Kansas. I don't. UCLA, I don't see UCLA any. plays crappy basketball. Kansas doesn't play anybody over six six. Like. It's Bama. all about matchups this year in March. Really, seriously, it is. And and for instance, IU could lose in the Big Ten tournament because they play Maryland, and I think Maryland's a terrible matchup for IU. And then they can go and beat somebody like Houston. They could go beat somebody like a Tennessee in the tournament that, that's a higher seed than IU, and they could go to an Elite Eight, a Sweet 16. That, that's not impossible, right? Because – 
in college basketball in this year, anybody can beat anybody. Quite literally, go and look at Michigan. They lost to Central Michigan at home. That's 330th yeah. in Ken yeah. Palm, Central Michigan. Yeah. Okay. It might be 230 or 330. Either way, it's terrible. It's, it's 330. Awful. You were it's right. 330. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So 330 in Ken Palm, Central Michigan at home. And that's a team that should be in the tournament, by the way. They, they should be. And, you know, they won't be because they haven't won the games they needed to this year. But on a talent perspective and the way they've been playing over the last couple of weeks, they're a tournament team or, or a tournament esque team, right? Um, you go and look at, at Wisconsin and Rutgers and the way they've been playing. It's like, College basketball this year is, 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 I'll say it for one last time, is extremely mid. It'll make for a fantastic march, by the yes. way. Yes. Um, so will. tune in and watch. And and IU could go from losing the first game in the tournament to being in the final four. I agree. Nothing would surprise me. Nothing, nothing. would su- nothing would surprise me either. One thing I know for certain is that Indiana will not be intimidated by any team that they face. It could be as early as the Purdue matchup in the big 10 tournament if that's what ends up coming indiana why would they be intimidated they've beaten them twice then you have march madness where i don't think there's anyone houston kansas ucla purdue it doesn't matter i don't think there's a one seed out there that indiana is going to be afraid of they're gonna like their chances no matter what it would have been great to have xavier johnson in the fold to spell some of the minutes in the rotation uh but unfortunately Xavier was unavailable and he didn't go through senior night ceremonies. The news is that Indiana is going to take the steps required to submit a medical waiver to try to get him back onto the roster next season. It's going to be a close call. Uh, You can dig into the details by Googling them. It's going to be a close call. We'll see how this goes. The NCAA has become a little more lenient recently as far as handing out the waivers. Worst case scenario, Johnson goes pro next year. I would like to see him back in an IU uniform. I think Indiana's got a case, even if it doesn't pertain strictly to the letter of the law. Charlie, even though Xavier Johnson didn't speak, senior night was awesome. I was able to take a look at the speeches as they went through, the post-game ceremonies. I thought Mike Woodson gave an outstanding speech. Trace Jackson Davis had some great words as well. You were there in person. What was the vibe like in Assembly Hall as the players were speaking after the game? And were there any comments or quotes or words that stood out to you from anyone that spoke on that post-game uh, speeches yesterday? Um, I'll say this. It was a lot funnier than I expected it to be. Um, uh, the first it thing, helps when you uh, win. It helps when you win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Way less depressing. <laughs> it would have been awkward <laughs> otherwise. Um, they played a special uh, presentation on um, on the big screen. Um, and it was, it was pretty special to watch. Um, because they cut in between like the special presentation and they showed like the guys watching the special presentation. It was like, um, you know, people tearing up in the crowd, a big round of applause. It was emotional at first. And then um, during player introductions, the guys were being a little, little goofy with it. Um, There was a moment when Miller cop like looked directly, like found the camera, like looked directly into it and like made like his classic face with his tongue out and everybody started laughing and cheering um no but it was uh it was incredible to watch mike woodson talk about the players that um now you know that we we watch on the court as as more than just basketball players as people um as as men as you know leaders in their communities um and i think it was it was really special um that he was able to stand up in front of everybody and um kind of make them feel the same way that he felt 
uh, about the guys um, to show how close they are. He thanked the families of all the seniors and, uh, and then made it clear um, that the dedication that they were putting in over these past four years or however many years um, they've been with IU. More than that. More than four for some of those players. Yeah, more than for four sure. for a couple. He made a, he made a couple jokes about race. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, they were definitely um, – definitely words of encouragement. Uh, and it was, it was kind of funny. There was a moment where he asked Trace to come back for another year. Um, and a moment where he asked race how many years he'd been in the program. Um, so it's just kind of that banter that really shows the relationship between uh, all the seniors, the coaching staff. Um, um, so yeah, it was, it was really special. They, they, they made sure to thank the seniors in the band, uh, which was important, the cheerleaders, um, they shouted out the student section seniors too, so everybody kind of had their moment. It was it was really special. Yeah, you think about the senior class specifically, uh, whether it's players or coaches. I'm sorry, players or fans or band members or whoever. It's the senior class that went through the pandemic, the senior class that's gone through a coaching change at Indiana. Those are very rare, and uh, transition from Archie Miller to Mike Woodson has gone more smoothly than I expected in all honesty uh, so it was nice to hear Woodson and Jackson Davis as well as the rest of the seniors speak uh, Woodson made it fairly clear his intention and I know this doesn't surprise most of you but the way he said it was very clear very obvious his intention is to go to this Big Ten tournament and win the freaking thing Indiana's not done it ever and so Woodson is ready to roll here Friday Saturday Sunday do whatever it takes to get Indiana to the mountaintop here. Of course, that first matchup likely against Maryland, potentially against Nebraska or Minnesota. We'll talk about the Big Ten tournament a little later on tonight. But overall, great vibes during the senior night ceremonies. Obviously, it helps that Indiana grabs the win uh, before they take the mic and speak to the crowd that was there. So overall, good night for Indiana. They got the win. Senior night went smoothly. The Hoosiers now head into the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament, knowing exactly what is at stake going forward. We have plenty more to talk about. Stay tuned. But first, it's time for Who Won the Week this past week in IU Sports. And we're going to actually dig back uh, to the throwback Indiana Hoosier football program and give a shout-out to Cody Latimer. Why would you say Cody Latimer is getting a shout-out here on Who Won the Week this past week in IU Sports? Latimer's actually taken the XFL by storm. And it's funny to see him registered not as a wide receiver but as a tight end in that league it's just got underway last week he's really made an impression of course many of you may not be fully tuned in to that league maybe a little bit of a super bowl uh football fix that you took care of early in february maybe take it a step back focus more on basketball but hey former hoosier that really took the took the field by storm during the big 10 when he was at iu he's transitioned to tight end in the xfl he's doing really big things so far through two weeks. Obviously, we saw Cam Jones really shine at the NFL Combine out of the linebacker position. It'll be interesting to see where he sorts himself out in the mix. Indiana football's got their pro day coming up on Tuesday this week. Looking forward to seeing the number of different Hoosiers shine in that environment. Taiwan Mullen, I think, is a name that hasn't gotten too much recognition thus far in the process. I'm looking forward to seeing him have a good day during IU's pro day this week and rise up as far as how he's considered across the NFL. 
Obviously, a lot of other big news. IU's wrestling team went through the Big Ten Championships. Indiana baseball and softball keeps things going. We're your one-stop shop for all that coverage here at Indiana HQ. A friendly reminder, if you'd like to subscribe to our podcast for free, all you have to do is search for The Hoosier Sound wherever you listen to podcasts. Stay up to date with all of our information by following us on Twitter at Indiana HQ and at The Hoosier Sound. If you enjoy our show, leave us a review. Tell a friend. Share our links. Your support really helps us grow this podcast and reach more passionate IU fans such as yourself. There's still a little bit more to talk about coming out of Indiana's game on Sunday, going into the Big Ten tournament. And I said it a moment ago, Matt, Tamar Bates is the most polarizing player on this basketball team. We saw him yesterday go out and play 23 minutes. He led Indiana at plus 11. Some crazy shot selection, but he drilled two threes, a little bit of a defensive lapse early in his minutes in the first half, but he bounced back in the second half. There is no Xavier Johnson. And so as you look at Tamar Bates, Matt, what are you looking for? What's the best case scenario for Tamar Bates the rest of this season? And what's a worst case scenario for Bates from now until the end of the NCAA tournament? Well, best case scenario would be for him to play just like he did for the last 10 minutes of uh, the game yesterday, right? And you play the last quarter of the game like you did against Michigan. You know, you're not forcing things. You're taking what comes to you. You're playing smart on defense. You're not forcing anything, right? I think for him, it's it's about forcing stuff. He, mm. he doesn't get minutes, right? And he wants to get the minutes. And so he he just tries so hard to make something happen. So he'd be like, see, see, I should be getting minutes. See, you need to play me more. And, and it, it, it works for some players, right? And you can ask Devontae Green. He would tell you that that works. Um, I'm sure of it. He would tell you that works, but I think for, for tomorrow, right. He's playing a role where he comes off the bench, um, and he replaces either Trey Galloway, who's in foul trouble or Miller cop needs a breather. We don't need a world beater for that position, right? But we need somebody that can be a threat and he can be a threat. He just needs to not be threatening to his own team. Right. And there's sometimes where he makes plays that just make me want to put my head through my desk (laughs) and he's going to, guess what? He's still going to do that. Right. Even if he plays 20 minutes a game from here on out, right. He's still going to do these things that make you go Tamar. Why, why did you blow that way? Why are, why are you taking a mid range jump shot one foot on the line with 25 seconds left on the shot clock? Why? But you know what? You're not going to question why if he makes it, yeah. Um, and if he does too many of those, Woodson will sit him, right? And won't sure. play him. And he's shown that he has that leash, yeah. right? But I think now with March, you need a game changer. And Tamar Bates, for better or worse, is a game changer, right? And he's a run maker. He's a run stopper. He's a run igniter yeah. for the other team. But Indiana kind of needs somebody that's going to be volatile because you have you have guys in Miller Cop who you know what you're just supposed to get out of them. Yeah. Play like that on a sheer, right? Mm. But you know what you're supposed to get out of Miller Cop, right? Percentage wise and, and what he's done all year long, right? He's just, just going to take three pointers. He's not going to force anything. He's going to play mediocre defense and he's going to try his butt off, right? He's going to be the first person on the floor. And I respect yeah. that. Yeah. You know Same. what you're going to get out of Trey Galloway, right? He's going to be the playmaker, right? He's, he can hit some shots some days, but that's not his job. You know, if he does, that's great. If he doesn't, that's also fine. Like not gonna be mad at him, right. and and he's and he's gonna hustle his butt off on defense. Yeah, you know what you're gonna get out of Race Thompson, right? 
and and you kind of can get, guess what you're going to get out of Jalen Hushfino and Trace. But you need somebody that can come in and be that guy, that spark plug, that can just ignite you know a 20 to 5 run for Indiana. A guy that yeah. can give you 5 or 10 off the bench. Renew's not going to be that guy. Right? No, he's you go not. up and down the roster, right? These guys are not going to be that guy. Tamar is the only guy on yes. the roster that can come off the bench and give you 10, right? Yeah. On three shots, yeah. right? And, and 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 he's a guy that can also give you a defensive presence on the wing if yes. if he's just locked in and not not pressing too much. And you're going to need that if Indiana plays Maryland in the tournament. So, yeah. Tamar Needs to get more playing time as much as it hurts me to say. I'm ready for it. I'm um, not. I'm not. Kidding. And and it, and and I hope that this Michigan game. So I thought we, you know, I thought we ignited something with that Michigan State game, but I'm really hoping that he can take something from this this Same. Michigan game that he doesn't need to be on fire to play. He exactly. just needs to play within the offense and just try to to not force things. As long as he as he if he feels that it's his shot, I'm okay with that. But he doesn't need to force it, right? And, and I think he's going to learn that, hopefully, down the stretch here. And that'll that'll open things up, by the way, for this team next year. Because if Tamar can become a, a consistent presence on this team, that'll clear up a lot of questions about the roster next year. Absolutely. And I'm ready to ride the wave. I'm ready to take that Michigan game from yesterday. And frankly, I thought yesterday changed the direction that you take with Tamar Bates. I was not expecting him to be that much of a factor, especially on defense in 20 plus minutes. And the offense, look, two for seven, no one's going to throw a parade for that. They shouldn't. But the defensive piece, you know, it's actually gone back to his performance. I thought against Illinois at home, I thought he was solid defensively at Purdue. But what do we remember from those games? He didn't score. And I understand, right? Tamar Bates is known as a scorer and he's got to help Indiana from a points standpoint now just be fully on he scored four at home against illinois but the defensive improvements have been there over the course of the last couple of weeks and it really hit the jackpot yesterday where he was helping you add points to the scoreboard when he hit a couple threes he helped you remove points from michigan with the defense that he played and i'm ready to ride it i'm ready to play the lottery i don't know if that's too much of an exaggeration I'm ready to see Tamar Bates get 18 plus minutes to find that role for him. Make sure he's aware that he's not playing for a job. He's not playing for additional minutes. He's not playing to prove himself. The conversation has to happen, right? This is where the double buy really helps IU. Yeah. Take him aside this week, comment, compliment him for how he played against Michigan, and now make it clear look, without X and without giving minutes to Leal or Gunn the rest of the way. Tamar, you're getting 18 minutes. You don't have to worry about proving yourself. Just play sensible, smart basketball on both ends of the court. And when those three-pointers are there, let them fly. Indiana needs another perimeter threat. Can't just be Miller Cop or Jalen Hitchafino on the occasion or Trey Galloway on the occasion. An extra three-point shooter is going to be helpful because I agree with what you said earlier, Matt. College basketball is a game of runs, and Tamar Bates is someone who can absolutely ignite that. Now, I'm going to ask you the same question, Charlie, but related to Malik Renew. I mean, we saw him yesterday contribute on both ends of the court here. He scored four points. He was a physical force in the rebounding department. He blocked a shot. 
In fact, Renew scored in double digits against Iowa in a game I'm sure we all would like to forget, but he had 10 points in that game. Renew is going to have, again, another sort of 12 to 17-minute role for this team, but how critical is he for Indiana down the stretch going forward? Something that I noticed um, that's not really a positive is that, again, Christ played 44 minutes um, yeah. for the, what, minute and a half, two minutes yeah. he wasn't in the game. Yeah. Indiana got slaughtered um and this was during the 14 15 2 run that ended the half um that's when i saw malik that's what i remember seeing malik Renew for the first time in that michigan game um it was him and race thompson down low again granted there's no jalen hood shifino in at that time both him and trace were sitting um that could have contributed to it um but it was sad to watch him on offense um, it felt like without Jalen, it felt like without Jalen uh, guiding him, right. uh, with, or I guess Jalen like feeding him, and yeah. then Trace kind of helping him um, take over with a double team and and giving him more of an opportunity to score. It's difficult for him to generate anything uh, down low. He does this spin move that he likes to do yeah. all yeah. the time and kind of just throw it. It reminds me of Zach Eady. Kind mm. of, it's if, if Zach Eady was like. Six eight six nine. <laughs> that's that's kind of the build. If only, that. yeah. Um, but I think that he's just underdeveloped, which is mm. the most baseline analysis yeah. anybody could give you ever. Um, but I mean, it's true. Um, I I just don't see him being a big game changer. I don't think that he's the guy that's going to step up and 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 change the momentum of a game. And like we talked about, going on runs is is a big deal. Um, and that can happen with a three or, uh, I don't know, a block that turns sure. into a breakaway slam. Yeah. I don't, I don't see him doing either of those. Um, yeah. Really. Maybe, maybe the block turning into a breakaway slam, but again, it's getting down the court. He's, he's not as athletically or he's not as coordinated as trace. It's, mm. it's a very weird give and take that he has. Um, and when he's not with trace on the floor, uh, and, and he's with race and, it's. It seems like neither of them know what to do. Um, so I think going forward, uh, Malik Renew is going to be extremely important. I, I'm saying this. He, he might not be a game changer, but he's going to be a role player as long as he's on the floor with Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, that's one of the only ways I think he's going to succeed on this basketball team is if Trace has that double team. Um, I don't know. Miller Cop pulls somebody out to the corner and Malik Renew has an ISO or a mismatch down low and can find a way to use that spin move and use his length to kind of finish. Um, I think that's where he strives. And I think going forward, that's what Mike Woodson needs to do with him. Yeah. I, I like half agree with that, but I would say, I think you're, you're missing one important thing. And I think the most important piece of what Malik Renew is, and that's he's going to be rest for race and trace yeah. down the stretch right um and and i think the 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 most important thing for for him is is when he comes in let's say we beat maryland right in the first game of the big 10 tournament when we play that next game whoever whoever we play right his minutes are going to be extremely important right because he he'll probably have to play solo as a big right he'll probably have to play next to geronimo hopefully by the time it is healthy um, or he'll have to play with Grace Thompson because Trace is going to need minutes rest, right? If he can get a bucket or two and, and just stay 
you know, head above water, right. Um, in those minutes and go out and try to prove something um, and show what, show what he can be next year when he's, he's the guy here. Um, He will be that, that will be, you know, that's his thing, right? Like that's what Woodson should go and, and take him aside and tell him he should be like, you're the guy next year, but we need you to be the guy when Trace isn't on the floor yeah. in this Big Ten tournament. When you're playing back-to-back-to-back games, right? Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and then the next day, right? The guy's legs are going to be shot. Their knees are going to hurt. And for literally Trace Jackson Davis's back might hurt, right? <laughs> uh, he's an old man, you know, he's got ARP benefits coming up soon. Mm. Um, you know, Renew's going to have to be that guy that comes and steps in. And I, and I know Charlie, you know, alluded a little bit to that, but I, I thought that should be stressed, right? Because yeah. I, I do think that that's very important here in March. It's going to be very important in games like whoever we play in the first round of the NCAA tournament is going to be a team that probably doesn't have a ton of elite bigs, sure. right? He's a guy that can come in and give you 10 out of nowhere. He can give you 10, 12, right? And, yeah. and and let race and trace sit a bit, right? And, and, and get some rest and be fresh for the final four minutes of the game. So he's going to be very important. He's just not, like Charlie said, he's not going to be the guy that comes in and is going to make some game-changing plays. Yeah. But he's a guy that definitely can come in with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and, and, and something to prove. Yeah, no question. And I thought it was also a good point Charlie made. You know, Woodson would probably be best to align Renew's minutes with Jalen Hudshafino. And I yes. know it's tough. I know it's tough at times when Hudshafino's got foul trouble. But perhaps in those games, that's when you go away from Renew and maybe try Jordan Geronimo or maybe try a smaller lineup or you lean into Trace Jackson Davis more. Obviously, Hutchifino and Renew go back to their Montverde days. So it, it's one thing to get a lot out of Renew here the rest of the way. It's another to maybe put him in the best situations that could help him out. I'm looking forward to seeing that take place. You know, I like the comment you just made there, Matt. You know, depending on the matchup, what did we see last year down the stretch in tournament play? There were some games where Jordan Geronimo really stepped up and was a major yep. force, especially against... Wyoming and even that St. Mary's game I know it's a game we uh we like to forget because Indiana was crushed but even against St. Mary's Geronimo was a very effective force because that's just the way the matchup worked out of course Geronimo slightly different player than Renew but overall point is the same depending on the matchup you may have a guy step up here that you may not expect our weekly podcast poll over at the Hoosier Sound talked about Tamar Bates and Race Thompson And our question was yesterday, both Bates and Thompson stepped up in IU's win. Who's more critical to IU's success the rest of the way? And it's a close one, folks. So if you haven't voted yet, make sure you go do that. Race Thompson has the lead right now. Almost 200 votes have been cast. It's barely been up. Thompson has a 55-45 lead over Tamar Bates. But as uh, we saw in our mentions there over on the Hoosier Sound, uh, Chris mentions uh, that the answer to that question is yes. That's a cop-out. If you ask me, uh, and it's an interesting question. Bates versus Thompson. One word answer from both of you. Who's more important to IU? Charlie, you go first. More Bates. All right, Matt, what about you? Grace Thompson. I'm going to say Tamar Bates. And I did not think I would be. You're the this, biggest Tamar Bates. Ever. I did not think I would be in this position you, two days ago. He is a bit of a Tamar Bates. The so. Michigan game changed the narrative for me. You I are a simp for a three point. I did You're not expect Bates, Bates you, to defend you need Kobe to understand. Bufkin. This That's guy's favorite love. IU player ever is Jordy Holtz. He That's is a right. simp. 
for three-pointers. I love okay? three-point shooting, and I love when the defensive improvement is there. And I saw it in Tamar Bates, and I know IU fans saw it too. You can't fool them. Race give me Thompson. the storyline, though, Nathan. Give me, <laughs> give me Race Thompson injured all year down to the dumps. IU second hey. best player, a supposedly glue guy, coming back and and coming back in full force to lead Indiana great. to a Final Four and be that guy that Indiana needs to be that third option next hey. to Jalen Huchifino. Give it to me. Hey, look, Race was great yesterday too. No question. I'm just sitting here and just kind of dreaming about. You know, Tamar Bates finishing the season strong and becoming a starting guard for Indiana next season. That's, That's what I'm too. hoping. That's what I'm hoping to get out of Tamar's season. And then with Xavier Johnson's waiver getting approved, with Gabe Cups and Ja'Kai Newton getting into the house and a couple of additions from the transfer portal. Too many, too many guards. Now we're talking, baby. That's what I'm we, looking we've forward. Gone, we've gone full inverse, Charlie. Yes, we've, gone full, we've, we've gone full. <laughs> we've gone from having one point guard on the roster like, I think we might have That's too many it. guards. That's how we roll. And Mike Woodson, man, look, he's he's been in the NBA forever. He knows the GM role uh, it's required here. That's becoming more and more a piece of college basketball. So looking forward to seeing what's happening there. Of course, folks, all of you can go over to our Twitter account at the Hoosier Sound and cast your vote. Like I said, it's really close right now. It'll be up for a few more days. So make sure you like you let your voice heard over on our weekly podcast poll. All right. It's quickly time for a social media shot before we get into the Big Ten tournament. We just wanted to tip our cap to Indiana women's basketball, right? Over the course of the season, just three losses all year. We're talking about three really close ones, too. The one earlier in the season to Michigan State that IU avenged during the Big Ten tournament. Buzzer beater lost to Iowa a week ago, uh, about eight days ago, on that Sunday afternoon game in Iowa City. And then a crazy crazy game in the Big Ten semis against Ohio State on Saturday where Indiana held a 24-point lead for Ohio State to just press them into fatality. It was unbelievable to watch Indiana having a difficult time with that full-court pressure. Ohio State got the win. Iowa ended up winning the Big Ten tournament. End of the day, Indiana's going to clinch that number one uh, that number one seed line in the NCAA tournament. And the great news for IU is that their first two games are going to be at home. I would be shocked if Indiana fell off the one seed line. I would be shocked if Indiana, uh, you know, didn't bounce back with some fire and some fury in that first weekend, especially in the NCAA tournament. The Hoosiers also, because they played their tournament early, like a lot of major conferences do in the women's game, they now get a week off before selection Sunday on the same day as the men here on March 12th before tournament action starts around March 16th. Folks, our socials. Make sure you follow us if you have not already. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Indiana HQ and at the Hoosier Sound. Matt, on Instagram, we're not Indiana HQ, but what are we? Indiana.HQ. Make sure you follow us there if you have not joined the masses here. We're on the cusp of 8,000 followers on Twitter. You could be that person. Maybe maybe we make a run at 10K before March Madness ends. Just think about that, folks. You could be part of that team if you have not yet already. All right, guys, let's talk about the Big Ten tournament. Indiana clinched that double bye. That is cause for celebration. You get an extra day of rest the first time Indiana's had that double bye since 2016. It's funny, Indiana, when they get the double bye, they're usually a one seed. That happened in 2013 and 2016. Indiana sitting at a three in this Big Ten tournament. They will be playing prime time in the fourth window of the Big Ten tournament on Friday night, close to a 9 p.m. Eastern start, depending on how the previous game goes. The Hoosiers will take on either the Maryland Terrapins, Nebraska Cornhuskers, or 
the Minnesota Golden Gophers on that Friday night matchup. According to DraftKings Sportsbook, the Hoosiers had the second best odds to win the whole darn thing. They're at plus 550 right now. Purdue's a favorite at around plus 150. Indiana, Matt, ended up getting a pretty favorable draw. That's how I see it. Do you see it the same way? Or do you think Maryland and Northwestern, who's the two seed in the same part of the bracket, will really pose, prob- really pose problems for Indiana? I think it, I see it as a fantastic opportunity for IU to dismiss some of the claims about you know who they've been this season. Um, that's what I do. That's what I see it as. Again, the, the Northwestern's a team that swept Indiana this year. It's hard yeah. to sweep a team three times, so mm-hmm. that's in favor of the Hoosiers. Maryland swept Indiana this year in the only meeting that the they one had. game, yeah, right. the one game, which you know they had to play at Maryland, of course, where Maryland are the Harlem Globetrotters, yeah. and not and Maryland ugly. on the road who become Minnesota. <laughs> um, so. I, I see it as as a chance for IU to kind of dispel some of the some of the worries. But I, I, to me, if you had if I had to choose, right, one Maryland, we could very end up playing Nebraska. By the way, Nebraska is playing Ohio. Ohio yeah. No, sorry, playing Minnesota in the first game yes. on Tuesday, and they'll be favored on Wednesday, and they'll be favored Wednesday. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, Wednesday, and they will be favored, and then they go and play Maryland. Yeah, they go and Thursday. play Maryland on Thursday. Yeah. Maryland doesn't play well on the road. It's a neutral site game. Yep. And Nebraska has won, I think, six of the last eight Big Ten games. They're really um, playing well. They are playing really well. They just beat Iowa in Iowa, and Indiana fans know how, and ask Michigan fans, state fans as well, how hard it is to do that, to go to Iowa City and beat the Hawkeyes. <laughs> um, and, and they found something in playing the coach's son, which I feel like is like quite the inverse of Michigan, yeah. right? <laughs> Where Michigan is playing worse by playing the coach's son. They've played, they've started playing Hoiberg more and, yes. and they've actually started excelling yeah. um, on the court. They, they, they are really fun to watch offensively and Kisi Tomonaga. I would not be entirely surprised if Nebraska goes on and beats Maryland. But we're going to assume that the favorite wins and that Indiana's playing Maryland in this game. Maryland has one of the best starting fives in the Big Ten. Maybe the best overall starting five, I would say, in the Big Ten. Um, or at least the most balanced. Um, you know, you have uh, Jameer Young, who I think mm-hmm. is probably the best. I mean, it's hard to say best point guard, but I think he's probably the best overall point guard um playing right now in the league um you have uh hakeem hart and sure. and, and Re- uh, julian reese is dangerous julian reese dante is dangerous. scott dante scott's dangerous they play some players that just give you fits carry is not, not like a standout but he's a, he's a big guard yep like overall yeah. they have yeah. a good team composition right which is very rare to find in the big 10 and the big 10 you have to go around to all these rosters you can find the hole pretty easily you know purdue it's young guards illinois it's no point guard michigan it's it's a lack of a a power forward and, and a small forward and jet that just decides to, he wants to kill the game single-handedly terrence um, williams you know terrence no yeah they have terrence williams but you know they don't they don't have a standout power forward you know you go around all these rosters i, I give you you know Rutgers, for example, is missing you know, Mag. It, it, all these rosters have a hole. Maryland starting five doesn't necessarily have a hole in it. 
Um, and I've been told by a lot of other people, and I've listened to podcasts about Indiana, you know, Indiana is a team that's really good at, you know, if your weaknesses are Indiana's strength, they're going to take advantage. And, and if you have a good overall team, Indiana is going to struggle, right? This is a game where Indiana can go in March and dispel mm-hmm. those rumors, right? Mm-hmm. And show that they can beat a good overall team and they can play to their strengths regardless of, you know, being at a deficit, you know, you know, Maryland having a senior guard and, and, and having, a, a, you know, a, a true point guard, right. And having a wings, right. That Indiana struggles against a guard, right. They can go out in this game and, and, and kind of dispel those, those, you know, claims yeah. about Indiana being, you know, struggling against overall teams. So that's the opportunity. Do I see them doing that? Not necessarily. I think this is a, this is actually, I, I would, in my opinion, the tougher of the two games, if they get past this game, I see them in the championship game. Mm. Um, I think they'll probably beat Northwestern um, given the fact that again, teams don't sweep team beat teams three times, very rarely. Um, and both those games were close even right. Uh, sure. um, in, in both those matchups. So again, it'll probably be a, a third close game in that game but if indiana can go and, and split the series um one and one with maryland i think they will make the title game um and then that's a crap shoot hmm. about whoever they will meet in that game well favorites purdue that would be that would be fun right i indiana. highly doubt purdue makes it there okay by the way. all right we'll i we'll highly see. doubt that we'll purdue. see um yes. purdue has struggled as of late i'm not sure they've lost four of the last eight yeah. And they have to go against Iowa and Michigan, uh, one of Iowa or Michigan State to get there. I don't think they beat either of those teams. I do like your point, Matt, you know, about how this first game will be tougher. Of course, the common perception would be hey, look, Indiana's going to have like a four day rest advantage over that team they play on Friday because, of course, either the Maryland or Nebraska or whoever they would have played the day before. But those teams are real feisty. And, and, you know, Nebraska, especially if they get that win over Maryland, they're going to play with absolutely nothing to lose. And that's, uh, that's always a dangerous team to face. Uh, Charlie, my question to you here, as far as the Big Ten tournament is concerned, is, is what, what uh, exemplifies success for Indiana here this coming weekend? You know, do you have to win it in order to consider this week a success? Do you have to avoid injury? Do you have to unleash something more out of Tamara Bates, as we saw yesterday, or Malik Renew, or Race Thompson? Uh, is there one particular pray- player you're paying attention to? What what measures success for Indiana this coming week? Winning one game and okay. um, and having a second close one, I right. think, would suffice. You've got a spot in the NCAA tournament. You don't yeah. need to. I mean, you're in. But yeah. Mike Woodson, yeah. honestly, yeah. yeah, he's not going to play it smart. I know yeah. he's going to he's going to coach with passion, pedal to the metal, uh, practice. You know, being yeah. practical, yeah, um, which is dangerous uh, because he's going to treat this like he's going to treat an NCAA Final Four matchup, um, and that's all right. That's what you want if you're an IU fan. You want a banner, uh, but with the past couple of weeks, you've had some scares with injuries. Um, you're heading up against you know a, a long, hopefully long tournament. Uh, for the Hoosiers at NCAA tournament. Yes. I think that winning one game should be fine for Indiana. And then again, losing on some BS call you can blame <laughs> on the refs or, or something. Against Northwestern? <laughs> yeah, against Northwestern. And they just walk away. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be fine. Uh, in terms of players, I really want to see if 
Reese Thompson is fully back. Like okay. like Matt said, he's he's this is this is him. This is the comeback story. I want to see if if he's if this is the real deal. This is the race that we missed um, because it could have been uh, the adrenaline from senior night uh, and the fact that the matchups he had were were in his favor. Um, even though I don't really think they were, he was working his butt off. Um, but I do want to see if Race Thompson continues on this this little run he's got going. Because again, Michigan was one game. Uh, we we watched Tamar uh, struggle in a couple games and then show up in a couple games. So we kind of have a bigger picture of tomorrow, even though it might be less consistent than our image of race. Um, but I'm really looking for race Thompson to step up in not necessarily the way he did against Michigan, um, but in a, in a role that, that, you know, he gives energy to the team. That's what I want. That's what I want to see. And then I want to see tomorrow Bates, um, Everybody wants to see Tamar Bates uh, kind of step up and take advantage of the perimeter when he has the chance because he's a good shooter. I think he just uh, gets he gets nervous after missing two threes and stops, which is honestly what you should do uh, if if you're playing it for you know 25 30 minutes. Uh, you don't want to get a, a cold streak when you're Tamar Bates and you're playing maybe 15 16 minutes. Um, I think you take as many shots as you can. Um, try to get hot uh, because you only have a limited amount of, uh, of minutes on the floor. Um, so I'm looking for Tamar Bates to really step up in terms of volume uh, when shooting. Uh, I want to see him uh, shooting, not everything, not everywhere, <laughs> but I do want to see him shooting more from the perimeter when he's open, even when he's contested, mm. uh, because when he's confident and when he's feeling it, it's easy to tell that everybody else is feeling the same way. And that's where you go on those 20 and five runs at the end of games. So those are two things I'm looking for. Looking forward to it. Matt, how about you? What's success for Indiana this week at the Big Ten Tournament? That's a tough question because, like, I agree. I think it is a tough question. It's a really tough question. I Charlie like, articulated really well. Because, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie, Charlie already articulated it, but like, no, seriously, it, it is. Um, I think success is winning the championship game. I, mm. I think, and here's why I say that: Whitson laid out their goal mm. to go there and hang a banner and win a Big Ten championship. That would be successful. I think there's a passing grade <laughs> for the big time, which sure. is to win a game, maybe even, you know, make the championship game. Yeah. You know, I think it'd be disappointing to lose, but I think it'd also be good for the team, yeah. right, to make a championship game and also, you know, kind of light a fire under their, their butts before the tournament starts, right? Um, and they'll get the much-needed rest for those, you know, Thursday or fr- whatever Friday game that they will play. Um, I also think it would be a passing grade if uh, they go out in the first game. I'm not going to lie to you because, you know, as much as people want to like say like, Oh, you know, you set the eyes of the tournament and, and winning the tournament and you go out in the first game. I'm not going to lie to you. This team, this team needs the rest um, and they need to be fully ready um and and if they go out and maryland just shoots the heck out of the ball and it's not really indiana's fault and maryland goes and actually just wins that game right and earns it i'm not i'm not really that upset right i'm i'm genuinely not because again indiana will come back and be fully ready for 
for a Thursday game or a Friday game um, where, you know, they're going to be a four or five seed and, and they're going to have those extra two, three days of rest where they would have been playing and, and extra minutes on guys and extra opportunities for them to get injured. Right. And ha- being able to have that full team um, in March, because last year we didn't, we didn't get that. Right. And I want to see Trace Jackson Davis in a March madness game where he isn't fatigued. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and if, if that means losing to Maryland in a close one, I'm willing to sacrifice that. I mean, it it's would a, be a success, but I also don't think it would be the end of the world. You know? Yeah. I hear you. Um, my, my goals have shifted honestly over the last couple of days. So I would say overarching, do whatever you can to make sure you, you, you are at full strength as much as you can going into March madness. So like yeah. I fully believe it would be an absolute disaster if Indiana suffers even a minor injury to any of the key eight, the seven key rotation players. I wouldn't include Caleb Banks as far as like a key rotation piece yet, but in that mix of Hood Jackson Davis, Renew, Galloway, Cop, Bates, and Thompson, I not even a minor injury, okay? So you got to get out clean like you did against Iowa and like you did against Michigan. Now, with that said, over the last couple of days, things have kind of changed because I've taken an eye on some of these smaller conference tournaments. And I'm very, very afraid of some of these auto-bid champs out of conferences that are going to end up having teams as 12 seeds. And you look at a team like Oral Roberts, or you look at a team like Drake, or potentially VCU out of the Atlantic 10, I want nothing to do with facing those teams in a 5-12 matchup in the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Nothing. Now, if you go down one seed line lower, I think you have 13 seeds that are easier matchups for Indiana that pose much less of a threat where Indiana will be more of a nine, 10 point favorite rather than a five or a six point favorite. And I'm talking about those 13 seeds down there, like Utah Valley, Louisiana, Lafayette, Iona. Those teams will have interesting threats and Rick Patino obviously coaches the Iona Gales. And that'll be an interesting match, but that's what comes down the shoot. But what I want to emphasize is some of those elite auto bid teams that could land on the 12. I want nothing to do with out of Indiana as a five. So if nope. that means you beat Maryland to ensure that you stay on the four, because what happens, right? You see some of these other teams at the four. Xavier could win the Big East tournament. Virginia could win the ACC tournament. UConn could win the Big East tournament. Gonzaga is obviously going to be, uh, they are favored to win the West Coast tournament. If Indiana's not going to fall to a five, I'm good. So my overarching goal is do what you have to do here to land on the four line and play one of those weaker auto bid teams that come in as a 13 seed rather than some of the more dynamic ones as 12. Now I will say, uh, I just talked a lot and complimented Royal Roberts. I do see that they're down right now in the semis of their tournament against St. Thomas. So, Hey, if Royal Roberts gets knocked out, I'm all, I'm all good with it, even though they're a very exciting team to watch. All right, guys, we're going to wrap up here on this Monday night. So much to digest as far as Indiana basketball. So much happening. Indiana gets the senior night win. Uh, there's a lot to look forward to now, but fortunately, some extended rest with that double bye. Charlie, as we wind down on this March 6th, what are your final thoughts as we wrap up? Um, I think that um, first I want to congratulate the seniors. Yeah. Um, for a heck of a game. That 
That was awesome. Senior night was super cool to watch. Um, secondly, um, Mike Woodson is just as passionate as the next person, even more so when it comes to this Big Ten tournament. Um, so I think as an IU fan, um, everybody, every IU fan should be excited to see what he has, what, what tricks he's going to pull out of the hat, because I think it's going to be an IU team that has energy, um, that has been working towards this goal the entire season. Um, honestly, I think the NCAA tournament is a shadow for these guys right now. Um, this is about the culture at Indiana. This is about the culture of the Big Ten. Um, and this is about the culture of Mike Woodson's uh, reign as the leader of this IU basketball team. So I think uh, I think this is super important to him. I know it's important to him. I know it's important to the guys. And it's super important to Hoosier Nation. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, no kidding about that. Uh, you see the comments from the people that follow us at Indiana HQ, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. Everyone's, everyone's locked in right now. You can't fool IU fans, that's for sure. Matt, how about you? Your final thoughts here on this Monday night. I'm so happy that Trace Jackson Davis yeah. came back for these last two years and we got to see more of him. I'm happy that Race Thompson decided to join this program under Archie Miller and decided to stick with it instead of going to Minnesota. Um, I'm happy that Michael Ship and 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 the other Nate Childress, yeah, Nate Childress, and the other walk on whose name it was the two. It was so just funny. the two that were honored yesterday, Ship and Childress, Chili, right? Yeah, right. And then and then Miller Cop decided to turn. Yeah. I, I I'm happy that these guys were genuinely happy part. These guys are part of the program. Like they're good members of Hoosier Nation. They'll be great, you know, family members. I guess of the mm -hmm. the alumni of 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 Indiana basketball. Um, you know. And to send an all-time great out in Trace Jackson Davis yeah. with at least, you know, a sweet 16 would be nice, right? That's <laughs> that's all I ask for. Um and 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 some really just some classic March Madness moments down the stretch here. You know, heck, you know, I'd be okay with a Big Ten title, Indians first Big Ten title coming in Trace Jackson Davis mm -hmm. last year. That would be pretty storybook. Um you know, they, we'll see if the team could put together a couple games here uh, um, to make that run. They'll take a lot. Um, but I, I I just, I'm genuinely like taking a step back. Like he's been a special player to watch. He's been a joy to watch. Um, he's been so much fun. And he's also just been such a gracious athlete in the way he carries himself, the way he, interacts with fans and, and and other players from other teams and he's fun so it, it's it's been nice having a, a fun player after all these years mm. of indiana being mid <laughs> it's been nice to have a couple of really nice players in that 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 term and it's nice to that the program kind of seems to be taking a turn for the better with yeah. mike woodson in the home yeah, no question. Blue chipper. No question about that. Uh, for me, you know, looking back over the 31 regular season games, you know, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. Uh, Indiana's obviously got, you know, they've banked some positive moments and some positive memories, uh, you know, going 6-0 and against Purdue, Michigan, and Illinois. Is that, that, by the way, we tweeted out and they tried, uh, Patrick Young tried to bring it up on the field at 68 and stumbled over it. Uh, that's fine. It's okay. We're not upset. Uh, Indiana, of course, sweeping Purdue, Michigan, and Illinois, 6-0, and 
that is uh, for the first time since 92, 93. So positive memories, positive moments, great victories. But when it's all said and done, you know, when you ask the question, what exactly has Indiana accomplished this season? <laughs> the answer is they're a, they're a, they're a four seed in the March Madness, and they're like top four in the Big Ten. And that doesn't exactly move the needle at Indiana. All right? And the, what's interesting is now you have a Big Ten tournament where you can announce yourself, and you got the NCAA tournament where that that – Round of 64 and the round of 32 and the sweet 60, that is jackpot time. And those games are going to define what happens with this program in the offseason. And they may not win their first game. But as Matt pointed out earlier, this team could potentially make a run into the second or third, third weekend. I don't know. Just gonna have to Stay buckle tuned, up, guys. Just gonna have to buckle up and find out. We'll be with you every step of the way. That about wraps it up for our 288th show of the Hoosier Sound. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your support. To hear more fantastic episodes like the one you heard today, be sure to follow us at Indiana HQ and at the Hoosier Sound to make sure you don't miss any in the future. You can also go to our website, IndianaHQ.com, to find it all in one place. But as always, thank you for listening, Hoosier Nation, and we will see you next time. Peace and love, doesn't.